You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Thank you for that. Good morning, everybody. Good morning to all of you who are watching online. We love you. Hi, Rich family. Would you give a big round of applause to all of our friends tuning in from all over the world, all of you on YouTube and Facebook and everything in between. We just want to say, hey, welcome. We're glad that you could join us in from wherever you're watching from and grab your Bibles if you would. We're going to spend some time in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 16. We're going to continue our series called Prove It. Somebody say, Prove It. Prove it. As we turn to Matthew 16, I want to say thank you for being such a generous church. You guys are an amazing giving church, and it's such a privilege and an honor to be in a place where we don't have to sit up here every week and beg for money, and uh, uh, that's just not the case here, and I'm so, so extremely grateful for, for you for standing behind us financially. So we were able to close on the building that's across the street from us, the Richard Parker Plumbing Building. We closed on that on Thursday. Amen. That's a good thing to applaud. So the owner of that building was nice enough to write off uh, $85,000 charitable contribution back to the church, so off the sale of that building. So that's an amazing thing. So we are 65 grand away from paying that building completely off when we bought it Thursday. So how about that? So if you have a check for $65,000 today, make it out to cash for tax reasons. No, thank you for being a generous church. You guys are awesome. You're awesome. Matthew chapter 16. So somebody say, prove it. Prove it. it. We live in skeptical times. It is a strange world that we find ourselves in. There's a lot of people that are skeptic about a lot of things. I have found uh, some interesting statistics I want to share with you today about just the American view on things. And there are 5% of people surveyed in 2022 that believe that the moon landing never happened. So that means that there's at least a couple of you here that think it never happened. And then there are 61% of Americans that believe that it may have happened, but they're not telling us the whole story. I might fit in that 61%. I'm like, okay, you may, you may have put your foot down there, but there's, some, there's something weird about that. I don't know what it is, but I'm just not sure. I just believe the lies that they're feeding us. I don't know. There is still 14% of people surveyed that believe Bigfoot exists. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're like, I, I used to date his sister. I know for sure. He lives in Gladewater. I'm just telling you. Hangs out around Lake Fort. You, you, I can show you. I know where he lives. There, there's still a few people that believe those things. There are 14% of people surveyed that believe that Hillary Clinton was trustworthy. And this was in a 2013 survey. 14% of people believed... As she's running for president, 14% of people believe that she was trustworthy. That's a lot of people that believe she wasn't. How crazy is that? So if my math is correct, and it always is, there are more people that believe in Bigfoot than believe we can trust someone that was a presidential candidate. We live in skeptical times. We we ain't believing nothing. And uh, it's just the... Is this the way that we live? Now, the good, the good news is uh, Jesus came in a very skeptical time. Jesus came to a group of people that were super skeptical about who he said he was. And so Jesus learned how to expertly navigate through some of the most skeptical people 
And by the way, when I say skeptical people, I'm not talking about the lost. I'm not talking about those that were able to witness his miracles. I'm talking specifically about the two categories of people that were most skeptical about Jesus. Number one, his family. His family. And number two, those that were religious. The most skeptical people in Jesus' day were his family and religious people. And so when we're looking at the story, when we're looking at the miracles of Jesus, it's easy for us to look with that hindsight being 2020 and said, yes, I believe in Jesus. I believe in his power. But yet in Jesus' day, in Jesus' day, the religious people, those that were closest to him, had a hard time believing he was who he says he actually is. And I wonder how many of us would say we believe that Jesus Christ is who he says he is to a point. And I believe that in, in, our, in our hearts, there is a point where we trust God, where we believe God, where we think he can do, he will do, he's gonna come through. And then there's points in our lives, your, your point might be different than mine, where you'd say, I don't know, man. I don't know if God's gonna do that. Or I believe he can do it for you, but he just hasn't done it for me. And in that moment where God does something for someone else, but not for you, we tend to get really skeptical without even knowing how quickly we step in, stepping away from that childlike faith back into a place of skepticism. We walk into churches being skeptics, even you. We read our Bible sometimes with some skepticism. I wonder if that's verified by at least three physicians. You know, How could we know for sure that this fact, well, was that a strong wind or did he know where the rocks were when he was walking on the water? I don't know. I mean, it's... It's a guessing game right now. We don't really know. Like, there's a lot of skepticism that can happen when you allow that attitude to be the filter of which you're reading God's word through. But we're in a series today called Prove It. Prove It. Here's the good thing. God loves to show off. We serve a God that you cannot exaggerate. You can't make him bigger and better, and you can't tell uh, fantastic stories about God that are made up. I'm telling you, he has enough fantastic stories. You don't have to exaggerate him. He does amazing things. What he has done, he is doing, he will continue to do because he's God. He's an amazing God. So in Matthew chapter 16, we find Jesus speaking to some skeptics. And it says this, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, this is verse one, they came to test Jesus. So they asked him, show us a miraculous sign from heaven. And by the way, Jesus was still doing miracles. He had just literally done one. Can you imagine Casting a demon out of a person, this, this man was a deaf mute, and Jesus cast out a demon, also the man could speak and hear, and they're like, show us a sign. <laughs> Say something. Say something to the people. <laughs> well, we don't, it was, he was a plant. This is more like a magic show. Show us how you did it. You know? And then they say, well, that couldn't have been from God. It has to be from the devil. So if you can't explain it, you can't figure it out. If you can't do it, it has to be from the devil. Sounds like a lot of Christians I know. You're upset about that? It's the truth. That's the devil. That's the devil. That's also the devil. Did you ever get raised up by Bobby Boucher's parents? Everything's the devil. Some of you grew up in the 70s. If Bill Gothard said it was the devil, it's the devil. Come on, somebody. You were around. It's all the devil. Care Bears, devil. Ozzy Osbourne is the devil. It's all the devil. 
They came and asked Jesus, show us a miraculous sign from heaven. And Jesus responded as he always does with a lot of sarcasm, which I love. It gives me a lot of hope. Jesus fills me. He speaks SSL, sarcasm as a second language. He says, look at this. In the evening, you say the weather's gonna be fine because the sky is red. In the morning, you say there's gonna be a storm today because the sky is red and overcast. So you can forecast the weather by judging the appearance of the sky, but you can't interpret the signs of the times. In other words, he said, you can't see the forest for the trees. It's amazing to me what is really obvious to you and what you refuse to see. Remember, he's speaking to religious people, those that were devoted to the word, and they couldn't see it. They studied it. They poured over it. They lived their life the best they could, and then Jesus shows up as the fulfillment of everything that they had ever studied to the T, and they're like, that's of the devil. That can't be right. Jesus says, you see the sky, but you don't see the sun. Look at this. Evil and unfaithful people look for a miraculous sign. But the only sign that they will be given is that of Jonah. And he left them standing there and went away. I want to remind you of a couple of things. Um, When we see Pharisees and Sadducees, these are two religious uh, groups of people coming together. And by the way, they don't come together. These are are people that they, they don't like each other. They completely differ theologically. But yet they are united in a single cause of disproving Jesus. We may not agree on anything else, but we all agree that this can't be right. I want you to see the desperation to disprove the power of God. I want to give you three things that help, uh, help us understand Jesus in a skeptical world. And I don't just want to talk about the skeptical world out there. I want to talk about the skepticism in each of our hearts where we just look at God. And we're like, yeah, I believe that you can, but I've really never seen it. I believe that you will, but, but not for me. I'll pray like I, I believe it, but I, I don't really believe it. I want to give you three things that I think are really important, and then I'm going to show you something that I think is so awesome. I've had an amazing week gathering together some information to show you personally. And so this is going to be fun. So if you're, if you're a note taker, write down these three things really, really quickly. Because these are important. Number one, this is important. We see what we want to see. And Jesus is speaking to the religious people, and he says, look, you see the clouds, you see the sun, but you're only seeing what you want to see. We see what we want to see. Jesus says, you ought to be able to draw some easy conclusions. If I see this, this means this. And if I see that, this means this. And if I see Jesus, of the devil, of the devil. Why? Because it doesn't happen the way that I think it should happen. If I don't understand it, therefore, it can't be right. I wonder how often we get into this this mindset of things that God should explain to us before he does them. God, show me how. Show me why. Show me me all the ins and outs, and and then I'll I'll allow you to to touch my life. (laughs) How strange is that? There's a skeptic, I think, in the heart of each of us at some point. Jesus says this, you're only seeing what you want to see. And it's literally standing in front of you. So God makes himself so obvious that there is no excuse. Paul echoes this when he says, look, everything that you see screams of a designer, screams of a creator. 
David says, the heavens declare the glory of God. The earth is screaming out his handiwork. Everywhere that we look, we see proof that there is a God. And his word points us back to the amazing things that he can still do. But we see what we want to see. I think of, uh, of how many times in my life that God has shown me things and I've argued with them. And I've seen powerful things and I've heard powerful stories and I still argue with God when he says, I want to do this or I want you to do that. I want you to go here. I want you to speak. I want you to give. I want you to make this step. Like, mm, nah, I, don't, I don't know if that's God. You ever been at that place where God asks you to do something and you start arguing with him? By the way, this is, a, this is not something that is just specific to you. If you've been walking with God for more than five minutes, you've had this moment where you're like, that can't be God. That has to be the devil. I want you to witness this to this person and tell them about, about my love for them. Like, that's the devil. The devil is trying to hijack my sketch. You know, Moses had a burning bush and argued with God. Moses had a voice speaking out of a burning bush and argued with God. God says, throw down your staff on the ground, it becomes a snake. And he says, pick it up. That's right. It's like, I, I don't know if that's God. God ain't telling me to pick up no snake. God, do you have any of those like grabber thingies that I can? <laughs> How many miracles did God show Moses just at the very beginning? But Moses refused to listen. Moses refused to step into his purpose because of his skepticism. Now, Moses, we know for a fact, believes God for amazing things. But when it comes to himself, you've got to pick somebody else, God. I'm not that guy. The Bible says God's anger burned against Moses because he just refused to believe and to step into his purpose. I wonder what does God have to show us before we truly believed? We took a step, started becoming what he's called us to be. I think we see what we want to see. And one of the greatest miracles is God loving us through our stubborn and rebellious ways when he doesn't have to. He loves me in spite of my stubborn and rebellious heart. It only does what it wants to do. It only sees what I want to see. And this is the spirit that Jesus is confronting in a skeptical generation. You see, skepticism isn't a, it, it's a, about Jesus isn't because of a lack of evidence. It's because we have stubborn hearts. I believe if I had a show of hands, there'd be a lot of people in this room that could share stories about the miraculous power of God. People that have seen and we've heard like, you can't tell me he doesn't exist. But yet, in spite of all the things that God has shown us, there's still a point where we will disobey. It might be different for you than it is for me, but there's still a point where God always takes every believer to where he asks you, do you trust me? Yes, he does. Yes, he does. You have it. God will take your walk to a place where you're not just doing the same thing over and over, but you're stepping into new territory. Because God sees something in you that maybe even you don't see. The question is, can you trust him? Oh, we see what we want to see. Here's the second thing I want to show you. Out of all the miracles that Jesus did, he tells the Pharisees and Sadducees this. He said, I'm going to give you the sign of Jonah. Leads us to point number two. The cross is enough, but miracles are a bonus. The cross is the single greatest miracle that Jesus Christ himself ever did because he gave his life for people that hated him and that didn't believe what an insane thing to do. He says, I'm going to give you a miracle. 
that will last forever for every unbelieving heart, every rebellious and stubborn person. I'm gonna give them the greatest miracle of all time. I'm gonna give my life for them out of my amazing love. See, the resurrection of Jesus was the Pharisee's last chance to have a heart change. He said, I'm gonna give you the sign of Jonah. Jonah being the, the man that refused to listen to God, he was very skeptical. God, choose somebody else, I'm going this way. God says, no, you're not. He gets thrown overboard off of a ship. He gets swallowed by a great big fish. He spends three days in the middle of the fish and then it vomits him up on a dry land and then suddenly Jonah has a change of hearts. And proclaims the goodness of God, steps into his purpose. I don't wanna have to be in Jonah's position. But Jesus said, I'm gonna give you the sign of Jonah. I'm gonna show you what a change of heart looks like. But it's not you having to die for your own mistakes and your own rebellious ways, I'm gonna do it for you. What an amazing thing. Let me just tell you today, the cross is enough. But miracles are a bonus. You see, sometimes we choose, like the Pharisees, sometimes we choose not to believe because of what it would cost if we actually believed it. See, the call of Jesus is a call to come and die, to come to give our lives in service to the king as a response to what he's done for us. Oh, that's not convenient. don't like that. It flies in the face of who we think we are and who we want to be. Here's an amazing miracle, the cross. The cross. And it came at the perfect time for each of us. It came to change our hearts and to confront us in the middle of our rebellious and stubborn ways. You see, miracles won't change a heart that refuses to see. You could literally put a miracle in front of someone, they just refuse to see it. Why? Because it would cost me something if this was real. It's amazing how many people would be drawn to a great magic show. Somebody will wow you with their sleight of hand. You ever seen an amazing magician? You know, they're just, it's like, wow, how in the world did they do that? But once you figure out how they did it, you're like, nah. Not that big of a deal. I've seen it before. David Blaine, David Copperfield, just, they all have this thing going on where they wow people and it's amazing to me how believers will treat Jesus like a magician and not a miracle worker. And we understand how he does things. All of a sudden it's like, eh, not that big of a deal. It is a big deal. Jesus gives us the cross and the cross is enough Miracles are a bonus. And that being said, I want, to, I want to lead you to point number three. I'm going to finish up with this. Uh, God still does miracles. God still does miracles. Now, the survey tells us that most people believe that God does miracles. But most people, I think, when they, when they talk about what a miracle actually is, it's anything that they can't explain. And we have a hard time now in the age of information of not being able to explain something. We will find a way to put some words to it. We'll find two or three other experts in an echo chamber that will tell us what we want to hear and we will find a way to explain it. Not really a miracle. It's more of a, a something cool that happened. It's a coincidence. We see what we want to see. God still does miracles. Now, there are two extremes in religious circles. Two extremes. One says God doesn't heal anymore, but that, that, that ended. That Jesus came, he healed a lot of people, but that doesn't happen anymore. Then there's the other extreme that says God heals everybody all the time. And if anything bad happens in your life, it's because of sin. Or if anything that you can't get rid of, it's because you haven't repented. If there's anything going on bad in your life, it's a judgment of God. Both of those are equally as wrong. God still heals and still heals today. But also, God is sovereign and he does what he wants. 
And he doesn't explain himself to me. He doesn't explain himself to you. He does what he wants when he wants to do it. I don't get to pick and choose when he decides to heal and when he doesn't. But we can always ask. Sometimes he heals in ways that are miraculous. Sometimes he heals in ways that you barely know it. It just took a little time. Sometimes he heals the heart. Sometimes he heals the body. Sometimes he heals a relationship. Sometimes he does something completely different that you never thought would be the solution, and it works. But does he heal everybody all the time? No, and I can show you scripturally. That doesn't jive. The Bible tells us that Jesus didn't do many miracles in Nazareth, his hometown. They refused to believe. And he's like, nah. Now, you would think, just do more miracles there because they refuse to believe. And they'll believe because you showed them miracles. He said, no, no, they see what they want to see. The Bible tells us that Paul had a thorn in his flesh. Three times he asked God, would you remove this? I'm dying over here. And God said, my grace is sufficient. The answer is no. And yet Paul still writes that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Paul still says, he told me my grace is sufficient for you. And I believe him. The book of Acts tells us that Paul leaves Trophimus sick. Paul has healed a lot of people, but yet the person that's with him in ministry doesn't get a healing. The Bible tells us that Jesus gave authority to his disciples to drive out demons, to cure the sickness, to raise the dead. He said, all authority, you have it, go and do it. And they come back and say, man, we did amazing things, but we also have this boy with an epileptic issue and we, could, we couldn't drive that, that demon out and they couldn't heal his epilepsy. And Jesus said, bring him here to me, I'll take care of it. Jesus had just given them authority, they did it at other times and then this one they couldn't do. Do you see it? Jesus was at the pool of Bethesda, a pool that is surrounded by perhaps hundreds and hundreds of people that were sick, waiting on a miracle. But Jesus goes and heals one and says, do you want to be made well? Think about that. Did everybody get healed? No. Did one get healed? Yes. In response to a question, do you want to be made healed? And I've, I've I, be made whole. Do you, do you, do you, can you imagine uh, laying hands on, on a person knowing that God wanted to heal them and then saying, like, wait a minute, if God heals me, I'll have to not get disability anymore? Yeah, I can't do that, man. I ain't trying to go back to work. <laughs> because I have literally seen that happen. Like, I'm in a lot of pain. I want God to heal my pain, but I still want to collect disability. <laughs> like, what is, what is wrong with you? Sometimes we doubt Jesus' power because we don't want to believe it and what it would cost us if he did. I'd rather be disabled because now my identity has been wrapped up in my infirmity. God still does miracles. And so if you've ever been skeptic about the power of God, if you can say, yeah, I believe that God has done that, but I've never really seen it myself. How many of you would say, you know, there are some things that I could say are probably miraculous, but I've never seen a verified actual miracle. I've really never seen that. Is there anybody that would be bold enough to say I've never seen that? Okay, okay, there's a few of you. There's a few of you. Others would say, I know that there's been some things that God has done. I, I would venture a guess that if I showed you an actual verified, proven medical miracle that there would still be some skepticism in your heart. But I don't care, I'm gonna show you anyway. So let me tell you a story really, really quickly. There's a man named Pastor Dwayne Miller, has an incredible story. You're gonna get, get a chance to look, at, uh, look his story up if you'd like to. But in 1990, he caught the flu. And the flu ended up attacking his throat in a strange way, and it robbed him of his ability to speak. 
He took a five-month sabbatical from his church, began to visit doctor after doctor, trying to figure out how to get this infection out of his throat. Turns out it's, just, it's scar tissue, and so they did test after test after test. They said, well, it's not cancer. You don't have MS. We don't know what this is, but you can't obviously speak. So he comes back to his church, and he has to resign because he can't preach. As he's telling the story, he said, my, my, my depression began to set in because I lost my church, lost my calling, lost my identity, who I thought I was, and then he moves down to Houston and just joins a church, kind of just volunteering and serving, and, uh, and he takes a job in the normal business sector, and it wasn't too long when he you know, starts making a little bit of money, and then one day, uh, this kind of all, all happened at the same time. Not only did uh, he not recover from his voice, but now he lost his, his job. And so he was at the place where he's like, I, I've lost financially, I've lost my church, and I don't know what I'm going to do. Then uh, his insurance company called and said, we're not going to pay your medical bills because technically this is experimental, what doctors are doing for you now. We have no way of covering that. And then the people that had, uh, when he had filed for disability, they said, no, you can't have this disability because technically you can still do a job, but you just can't speak, can't do what you want. And so all of his medical bills hit at the same time that he had lost his job. And so they just asked him, would you fill in tomorrow and teach a Sunday school class? And he's like, I can't teach a Sunday school class. He didn't want to teach the Sunday school class because he was in a pit. He said, what I had done a few times before is uh, they would get him like a Garth Brooks style microphone that would wrap around kind of a face like, kind of like this one. And they would put it right up against the corner of his lips and he would scream and he would push with all of his energy and you could hear like a whisper, a gravelly whisper. And he said, and I I loved doing it so much because I, it was my calling and I was good at it. But it took so much energy that I would sweat through my shirts because I'm pushing and and screaming as hard as I can just for people to be able to barely hear me. And he said, and it hurt so bad. It felt like someone was choking me. And the pain in my throat was just incredible. And he went from doctor to doctor to doctor. I looked up his story. He saw over 200 doctors trying to figure out how to help him. And the answer was, we don't know what this is. So the Saturday before he was about to speak, that Saturday when his world came crashing down, he told me when I spoke to him this week, he said, I put a shotgun in my mouth and I held it there for four hours trying to come up with a reason not to do it. He said, and I had called two other people that were members of that Sunday school class and asked them, would you, would you um, please speak this, uh, speak uh, tomorrow, I can't do this. And neither one of them were available to do it. So he said, I just remember my dad told me, if you gave your word, you need to do it. He said, so I thought, well, I have to go teach this class. He began to preach with all of his might at a whisper level on Psalm 130, where it talks about, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The God who heals all of your diseases, the God who forgives all of your sins, who redeems your life from the pit. He says, man, I'm telling you, I could talk a lot about the pit, because that's where I was. And he says, as I'm talking about getting healed of all your diseases, the thought in my mind was, why not me? Why not me? And this person that had preached and taught about healing, but wasn't healed, had this extraordinary moment caught on tape. I want you to listen to this as God steps into time and space and does this for him. Check this out. Psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had and you have had in times past pit experiences. We've both had 
We've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. Hi, <laughs> Mom. <laughs> Sounds funny to say a loss for words. <laughs> How about that? You can hear it. You can hear the moment where he says, I've had some pit experiences. And God said, not no more. I had a chance to talk to him this week, and it was, our conversation was going so well that I'm like, I want to record this. Can we just record it? Because I want to show the people like some of your stories, some of the backstory, and let them just get a chance to not be skeptic about what God is doing and what he did for you. Can you just share some more of your story? So we did a Zoom call, and he wanted to talk to you a little bit this morning. So this is Pastor Dwayne in my Zoom call earlier. Can you just take us back to that powerful moment? Like, what's going through your mind when you're having this kind of experience in the middle of a message, in the middle of a sermon? And God does the miraculous. There were so many little things that had to happen in order for that moment to occur. Um, number one, I had to be in that Sunday school class. But the class was the only class in a church, in the church, that recorded Sunday school lessons. So if I'd been in any other Sunday school, wouldn't have happened. And they're like faith. And they had agonized and have agonized with me through this entire, um, through that entire ordeal. When the teacher had to take some personal time, they asked me to fill in for him again. So I was filling in. That's part one. Part two, I was teaching a lesson that was just standard Southern Baptist Bible book series curriculum. Every Southern Baptist church that used that curriculum taught that lesson that morning. Most of it was from Psalm 103, verse 5 verse, that was the bulk of it. And it wasn't something that I wrote or I created for that moment. It was what was on the schedule to teach. So that's in place. God has these things. Now, you'd have to know how Southern Baptists do things, but that went on the lesson plan seven years before it was taught. So God was planning for what was going on way back here. I was wearing a microphone. My voice had gotten so weak. Pastor, I couldn't leave a message for you on the phone because it didn't think anybody was on the other end of the phone. Yeah, you're wearing um, one of these, like Garth Brooks kind of stadium mics that it 
drowns out all the other noise and just picks up your voice and it's exactly what it is i would literally have it on my lips and i would be screaming out um you know like the texans won a football game uh, but you also have to understand david says he forgives all my sin that's where he begins that 103rd psalm a list of things to be grateful to god for and to bless him for and to be forgiven of all thy sin. When you look up the word all, and it means exactly what it says. It means all. Literally, it means every last one without exception. Well, that's a wonderful thing. And I spent a little time talking about that. And then I moved to, and he heals all of my disease. Now, I have to tell you, I'm standing, and my voice sounds like this, and my toe feels like this. It's like somebody's got a hole down my windpipe, squeezing it. And I'm telling them that the word all in that psalm is the same word for disease, with, used with the word disease, as it is with the word sin. If he forgives all my sin, he heals all of my disease. Well, how's that work? And I was teaching that morning, saying to the class, and they, again, you have to understand, they, they know me well. And they know the struggle that I've been through. And I said to them, guys, bottom line, I still believe God eats. Pastor, I have to tell you, I am one of these people that believe that God is God and I am not. Yeah. I can't manipulate God. That's one thing can't be done. These guys, they go around teaching, if you have enough faith, then God will do X. It's an if-then call. And I wind up on the throne, and God winds up being my servant. It doesn't work like that. No. Eat God, I'm not. So I taught that again to the class that morning and said, ladies and gentlemen, understand, no matter what, I believe that God still heals. He hasn't changed. I'm talking like this. I'm saying I still trying to talk, believe God heals. Thought in my mind. Honestly. But why not me? I mean, come on. God, I'm telling these people I believe. I'm teaching the word. I'm sharing the truth. And here I stand. Then the witness is out. That's what's going on in my head. Now, you need to understand. You don't know me. If you did, you would understand that I am not the most spiritual human that ever was born. Okay? Um, I tend to live in a very real world. My feet are very firmly planted on the ground, and I struggle with stuff. I am nobody special. I'm just a guy, and it's just a guy that God uses. He always uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. So I said, why not me? And I moved to the third point a minute. I had really, my voice was so bad that morning, I had planned to tell the director of our department at the end of the class, that was my last day, I can't do it. It hurts too bad, my voice is too weak, I just, I can't muster it up anymore. And most of that was because I was in a pit that was so deep. So when it says he redeems my life from the pit, I was in it. But it was just as I began to elaborate on that subject that God intervened. 
and changed my entire life, ministry, existence, situation, whatever. Uh, in the middle of a word, it all changed, Pastor. And when I said, you have had in times past, and I have had pit experiences, I had felt like I was being choked, like someone had a hand up my throat and was squeezing my windpipe. And that's what I had felt for three years. And in the middle of the word, it was just gone. That's it. And it startled me. And when you listen to that recording, you'll realize it startled me. And you can hear me swallow. It's the first time in three years I could swallow without feeling like I was being choked. The next day, I called my physician's office at Baylor College of Medicine, where my lead team of, of all of them that I had seen and wouldn't <laughs> when the receptionist answered the phone. I said, hi, this is Dwayne Miller. And she said, uh-uh. I bet she didn't believe you. <laughs> Dwayne Miller can't talk. God love her heart. What I had gotten referred to them, my voice was already gone. So she never heard it. Uh-uh. <laughs> And I said, no, it really is. I said, I need to talk to Dr. David. And she said, oh, he'll want to talk to you. <laughs> Only time in my life I've ever had a doctor on the phone in 10 seconds. Never happened again. <laughs> uh, but we met the next day, and we went through all the tests, and we did everything else. And you have to understand, this guy was the head of otolaryngology neurology for Baylor College of Medicine. He was the, the, the gentleman that wrote the textbooks and everybody else studies. We sat together, and... He said to me, he said, Dwayne, he said, I got to tell you, the miracle is not that you can speak. He said, I could explain that away. He said, but here's what I can't explain. The scar tissue that we have video of that had formed in your throat, it's all gone. And your throat is as slick, smooth as the day it all began. And he looked me in the eye and he said, I can't find any evidence that you ever had a voice problem. The scar tissue is completely gone, and my throat is smooth and slick. What I am, Pastor, is an, is an object lesson of what it means to be forgiven. Scar tissue is to the body what spin is to the soul. Yeah. <laughs> you can't get rid of it on your own. No matter what you do, it's going to be there. My sin is like that. But when Jesus comes, scar tissue is gone. Someday I'll stand before the Father, and he'll look at me and say, Dwayne, I can't find any evidence that you ever had a sin. That's what this is about. I love to tell it because it's not about me. I'm a pointing a method, a tool to illustrate what God's forgiveness is all about. And that, for me, is my tool. So maybe later on we'll take the entire, we spent two hours together on Tuesday and I said maybe I'll just take the entire thing and just put it up on a website so you can watch all of it if you'd like. But let's tell you to everybody who ever asked the question, yeah, Lord, 
I believe what you can do, but why not me? I think maybe today is for you. And for those that have found themselves skeptical, that believed in God before, but you found your faith getting a little stale, maybe today is for you. And for those that find themselves in a pit, this has been a dark season for you. You don't know if there's going to be a tomorrow. We're not sure if things will ever get better. I think today is for you too. All over this place, would you go ahead and stand to your feet? At the risk of not embarrassing anybody, but trying to make this as responsive as possible, I want to invite you right where you are. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? Forget about the person that's with you and the people that you came with. I want to invite you, would you just open up your hands to the Lord? And recognize the simple fact that God still heals. Our God still does miracles. Our God heals all disease. And there is nothing too big for our God. There is nothing that he can't do. There is no soul that he can't save. There's no life that he can't turn around. There is no situation that we can find ourselves in that our God can't miraculously turn around. He's an amazing God. There is no pit too deep. There is no diagnosis that's too far gone. My God does what he wants. And all we have to do is ask. And maybe it's as simple as saying, why not me? So with heads bowed and eyes closed, perhaps you're watching online today, finding yourself in a pit or needing the hand of Almighty God to touch you right where you are. If that's you, we just ask him for what you need right now. And maybe you're not even sure what that may be, but say, Lord, I just need help. Will you help me? Will you help me? Father, for every person stuck in a pit, I pray that today would be a day of deliverance. For every person walking through a storm, I pray that today you would speak to the wind and waves. For every person that's been sideswiped by life and knocked around, I pray that today would be a day where things settle. For every person that's sick, I pray that right now by the strength of your power, that you'd break the power of that sickness right where they are. For those that are struggling in their marriage, Lord, right here today, I pray that you would give them the heart to be able to hope again, to trust again, to love again, to look past offenses and make today a new day. I pray for a fresh start. And for those that are far away from you, I pray that this would be the day where you call them home, where you'd remind them that you're a God that still heals scars. You're a God that still removes sin. So with heads bowed and eyes closed, perhaps you're here today saying, Pastor, if I'm going to be honest with you, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, and I need one. If that's you, I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me. I'll tell you what to say right where you are. I want to invite you to pray this prayer along with me. The prayer goes like this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you came and died for me. I believe you rose again so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sins. I ask you to come in and take over. I give my life to you in Jesus' name. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, my friend, if that was you and you prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor? Would you just lift up your hand all across this place? That was me, Pastor. Yes, yes, good. That was me, Pastor. I prayed that prayer with you. 
If that was you, then there's a number appearing behind me on the screen. There's a number appearing on your screen if you're watching at home. The number is 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll text the words, I pray to that number on the screen, I'm gonna send you some things that will help you in your walk with Jesus. I'll show you what to do next. It's a huge honor for me to help you do that. For everyone else, go ahead and look up at me if you would. I'm gonna invite our elders and their wives right here to the very front of this platform. And as the service ends today, these guys are gonna be available to pray for you about any need that you may have. And if you need prayer, if you want somebody to pray for you, if you're bold enough to step out in faith and ask for help, I'm believing that God is gonna meet you here. And I wanna remind you, God still heals. He still heals. By the way, if you wanna get to know uh, Pastor Duane, he has an amazing church and uh, ministry in, in Maybank, Texas. He's an awesome man of God. It's called New Voice Ministries. Pretty cool. And I told him on your behalf, I said, if you ever make it out to Longview, Texas, and he said he might walk in our church one of these days, I said, you got about 800 people that wanna hug your neck and hear you talk. He's like, I'd love to come, so maybe he'll show up. So uh, I just wanted to, to say thank you to him personally for being able to share his story. That happened in 1993, and he said there's, you know, several people heard about it, and people thought it was great, but it didn't have the power that it has today of social media and people sharing that story. And so now he's gone viral on TikTok. He said, I've never even heard of what a TikTok was. I don't know. <laughs> But apparently a lot of young people are hearing my story and people want to talk to me and ask, is this true? Did it happen? And I can show them the tape. Like, listen for yourself. That's pretty cool. So if you're watching today, do you like what you heard? If you want to share this with people that you know are in a pit, people that need a healing, or just your social media work, click the share button. People need to hear that God still heals. They need to hear from pastors like Dwayne. They need to hear the message of the gospel. And watch what God can do when you share this video with your friends. Thank you so much for that. For everybody else, I want to remind you of a couple of things. Easter is coming. That means when you invite people, statistics tell us they will come. They will come on Easter. So we provided some, uh, some cards for you, some invite cards that you can hand to your friends. If you don't have any friends, you don't have to take them, but for everybody else, those, car those cards are for you. Beast Feast is coming up as well. We want your guys to be a part of it. Uh, we've had a lot of people ask if they volunteer and serve. A lot of our ladies, the answer is yes, uh, but we've gotten to a place now where we have plenty of people to serve, so now the answer has become no. But thank you very much for being a church that loves and supports what we're doing. It, it's making an amazing difference, and uh, people are responding. It's a good thing to be a part of a church that's alive and spreading the love of Jesus. Thank you so much for watching. For everybody else, let me bless you and send you out. Father, I thank you for an amazing day, getting to know your word and hearing about your miraculous power. I pray that you bless my friends with an incredible week, following after you all week long. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you go. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you wanna be a part of our online community, Connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.